Welcome to The Court. My name is Adam Ramirez. The Court is a podcast brought to you by The Drive Podcast Network, whose website is now live at thedrivepodcast.net. On this website, you'll be able to find all of the content for The Drive Podcast Network, including all of the five different podcasts that are housed under the network, as well as all of the blogs that I write on a daily basis, and lots of other content that is soon to come. So please check us out. In the About section of the website, you'll be able to contact us should you have any questions, any comments, concerns, suggestions, or if you simply just want to reach out, we look forward to your feedback. Likewise, please make sure that you subscribe to our podcast, either on iTunes or through SoundCloud. That's where all of our podcasts are housed. And we hope that you continue enjoying the content that is brought to you by the Drive Podcast Network. So the NBA draft was held last Thursday, and... Picks number one and two went pretty much as expected. Ben Simmons to the Philadelphia 76ers and Brandon Ingram to the Los Angeles Lakers. A lot of people said that after those first two picks was when the draft was really going to begin when Boston got on the clock and they ended up taking Jalen Brown. And from there, you had some picks go as expected and then you had maybe what you could consider a surprise or two. But the biggest thing and the biggest phenomenon in this draft that was displayed was the number of foreign players that were drafted. And you wonder how many of these foreign players are actually going to come and play in the NBA right away and how many are going to be stashed until they're ready to come in. And if you look at a team like Boston, their draft is interesting because They had an incredible number of picks and they only executed one trade. So you speculate and you kind of think, is this a team that's thinking of stockpiling all of these picks into an eventual big trade package for a superstar? Kind of like when they built the big three in trading for Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen back in 2007. And if that's the case, then they might be thinking of bringing in a big man. But who out there are they hoping for? Could they target Dwight Howard in free agency? Are they still hoping for Kevin Durant? So I do think it's interesting, and I wonder whether the fact that there weren't any trades were because Boston wasn't interested, or because teams weren't interested in trading up to get extra picks beyond those first few in the lottery round. And you look at the comparison between Simmons and Ingram and you start obviously breaking them down just like you did in 2007 with Durant and Odin. And you wonder who's going to be an all-star first. Are they both going to be successes? Are they both going to be failures? Is one of them going to be a better pick than the other? And I think that because of where they got drafted, and you can see it on today's blog where I grade all of the first-round picks for each team, not necessarily based on the quality of the player that they got, but on the quality of the fit for the team at this moment in time. You can see it on there that I think both Ben Simmons and Brendan Ingram were the perfect picks for their teams. I think Philadelphia needed a guy that could become their franchise player, kind of a point forward position, take control of the game. And Los Angeles needed a guy that could play both on the inside and on the outside, complement Julius Randle and Roy Herbert in the middle, but at the same time help out some of the shooters on the outside, Jordan Clarkson and D'Angelo Russell, and that's the kind of range that Brandon Ingram has. And you do have questions with both of them. You have the maturity with Simmons, and you have the size and physicality with Ingram. But both are issues that I think you'll take 
as long as the talent also comes with them. And I think for both players, you're going to be able to figure it out. And now that the draft is over, it opens the door for free agency. And now that teams are pretty much set with the free agents that are going to return to the teams and with the draft picks that are coming in, the question is, where is everybody going to go? And you can't make any predictions. It's very difficult to say this guy's going to go here until he actually commits, or even as we saw last year, until they actually sign with DeAndre Jordan, who had committed to Dallas and ended up staying in Los Angeles. But you can speculate about what the best fits are, similar to what I did with today's blog post regarding the draft picks. So if you look at the top free agents, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant is going to have meetings with the Spurs, the Warriors, and Boston. If you look at those three teams, as attractive as San Antonio might sound with Greg Popovich as your coach, do not think that that is the best place for Kevin Durant. They already have a Kevin Durant type player that can play anywhere on the court in Kawhi Leonard. It's uncertain whether Tim Duncan will come back. It's uncertain whether Manu Ginobili will come back. And Tony Parker is in his decline phase. So you're going from a team in Oklahoma City where you have Russell Westbrook, you have emerging front court talent, doesn't compare with San Antonio. Then you look at Boston again. They have all those picks. If he were to go to Boston, are they going to use all of those to get him another teammate there to recruit maybe to recruit who? And that's the question because if they did stockpile all of these guys, hopes of using them as a trade package for someone else, who are you targeting out there? That's going to help out your team. Carmelo? And then you have, they haven't officially had a meeting with him, but they're saying New York is enticing because of the acquisition of Derrick Rose. Is that really where you want to go if you're Kevin Durant? You're going from a guy that doesn't really like to give up the ball in Russell Westbrook, but he will do it reluctantly because he knows he plays with Durant, to a guy that for sure doesn't like giving up the ball in Carmelo Anthony and a declining point guard in Derrick Rose. So I don't buy into the whole theory that that's an attractive place for Kevin Durant. And if you go to Golden State, a lot of people are bashing that idea because you already have Steph Curry there and he handles the ball well and and it won't really work well in the mix when you have two leaders like that. And I disagree. I think Golden State would be a great fit for Kevin Durant because he wouldn't have to do everything that he has to do in Oklahoma City. He could be another shooter and then when this is, and when it's needed, he could take the ball into the front court and dominate there. So if they can get him, I think Golden State would be a perfect fit for Kevin Durant. And they look at Oklahoma City, which might be just the best fit for him to stick around where he's at already. You have Russell Westbrook. You have talent that's emerging. You were able to swing somehow Victor Oladipo, who I am a really big fan of. I think that he's a great player on a terrible team in Orlando. And now that he doesn't have the entire pressure of having to be an offensive firepower as well as a defensive juggernaut, he can really flourish in Oklahoma City. His defense will help out, and then on offense he just has to be a spot-up shooter for Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant whenever he's needed. So I think those are the best options for Kevin Durant. Either stay in Oklahoma City, which will endear you to a lot of people out there, or go to Golden State. After that, you go with LeBron. LeBron is going to stay in Cleveland. I don't think he's going to leave them twice. But is that the best fit for him? Because I don't, 
you saw that Kevin Love was not the player that he used to be, so there's questions about whether he's going to stick around or not. And at the same time, does that supporting cast that you have there guarantee you another championship run? Or could you go to a team like the Lakers where you have emerging talent there? But that's not a certainty either. Plus, you might have issues playing with the likes of Brandon Ingram. Very similar games. And that would be the issue pretty much anywhere else you go. So I think that LeBron, you've got three rings already. His best bet is just to stay home. Andre Drummond is a restricted free agent. I do think that he's just going to stick around where he is. Which brings us then to Mike Conley, who could consider a max deal with the Grizzlies. But if the Spurs or the Mavs or the Rockets come knocking, I think he has to consider all of them. Again, with San Antonio, you have the same concerns that I have if Kevin Durant goes there. You'll probably get a lot of playing time to help out Tony Parker, but will you have the help you need to be a successful team? Spurs, I think, are turning slightly into the Grizzlies if they don't re-up with some talent. Could go to the Mavericks or the Rockets. If you go to Dallas, are you ensuring that Dirk Nowitzki stays there? I think you'd have to wait and make sure that Dallas ensures that before he decides to go there. And if you go to the Rockets, is probably not your best bet to go to a team that has James Harden at the point. Slash shooting guard. So... I would go ahead and stick with the Grizzlies if I was Conley. I think that the team is building something. The West is changing in its power dynamic. If they can sign any other free agent to help out in the backcourt or maybe someone to pair with Marcus Saul, I think the team could really make that climb. Kind of in a way where Oklahoma City did this year where you know they're always going to be a contender, but they can actually be serious finals contenders. So I would stick with the Grizzlies if I was Conley, but sure we'll have other options. And then you look at Al Horford. He's turning 30, but he has had some injuries, so he still has a lot of miles left on his legs. If you're Horford, I think Miami is your best fit for you. I don't think you want to stick around in Atlanta. I think with Miami, with the additions of Hassan Whiteside last year, as well as Dwayne Wade still playing at a high level, I think that that team could really go over the top and challenge Cleveland in the Eastern Conference with the addition of Al Horford. I know the Warriors, Blazers, Spurs, and Mavericks are probably going to be in the mix. I don't think he'd be a great addition for the Warriors because he's a great post player, but the Warriors would benefit from him more on defense than on offense. The Blazers might want to sign him to pair him with Damian Lillard, kind of as a replacement for the LaMarcus Aldridge that they lost a year ago, but I don't think that's a good fit for either team. I think that it'll return them back to maybe the conference semifinals, but it won't put the Blazers over the top. The Spurs, same situation. Is Tim Duncan staying? What's happening with Tony Parker? Too much uncertainty there for him to be successful, and if you go to the Mavericks, are you going to pair him with Dirk Nowitzki, or is Nowitzki going to leave? And if he does, Al Horford is walking from an Atlanta situation to a very similar one in Dallas. And then DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan should be getting a max deal from Toronto, but is Toronto going to offer it for it? I think if DeRozan doesn't get that max deal, the Lakers should certainly push hard for DeRozan. He's a great shooter, but he's a guy that could also take the ball to the basket. In Los Angeles, he'd be great in the backcourt with Russell and Clarkson. At the same time, powered already by the front court of Randall Hibbert and now the addition of Ingram, he'd be a great piece there. I think it's a mutual, mutually beneficial relationship. I do think he'd also benefit from playing in Miami. 
is an assister to Dwayne Wade in the backcourt, as well as Lauren Drogage. And, of course, should the Warriors not pursue any other high fives pre agents, and if they can pay him, he'd be great in Golden State. And after him, you look at Dwayne Wade and Lasan Whiteside. Neither of those two, I think, should leave Miami. Especially if Miami's able to pursue and sign another free agent that can help out that team. So I, I see them both staying in Miami. Then you hit the really interesting one in Dwight Howard. Howard is not the center. He used to be in Orlando. He wasn't that in L.A., and he hasn't been that in Houston, primarily because of the people that have been surrounding him in those two cities. The Warriors would be the best fit for Dwight Howard. The question is, how much money is he going to be looking for? Warriors can't pay him too much. But at the same time, the teams that can are probably not going to be the best fit for him. The team that signs him needs to not be relying on a center to play both great defense and great offense. They need to be relying on a guy like Andrew Bogut, who did what was necessary to get to help out the backcourt of Golden State. And that's what Dwight Howard is at this point. Kind of a support system, not the main star. If he can accept that and he takes what's given to him, he should go to Golden State. And then with Dirk Nowitzki, as many reports have been released of him leaving as there are of him staying. And I think when you look at the guy who's been in Dallas for so long, especially if they're able to acquire a piece or two through free agency, I don't think Dirk goes anywhere. He'd be great in Golden State as well as a big man that can shoot as well as play the post, but just don't see him leaving Dallas. Then you look at some of your restricted free agents like Harrison Barnes and Bradley Beal. I think Beal will re-sign with Warriors. He'll probably offer him all of the money that he's looking for. Harrison Barnes suffered a lot. He struggled in the playoffs this year, I think. He didn't really show the ind indications that he deserved a max deal or an even enormous deal. I think if the Warriors don't land any free agents, then they have to retain Barnes just to maintain some kind of consistency in that team. And that's, he's probably going to end up being their last option because he is going to mess up their cap space if they retain him. Should he leave, I think a team like either the Lakers or Miami would benefit from having him as well as he would benefit from playing in a team where he doesn't have to be the main star. He can come in as a supporting role, similar to the way he has in Golden State Warriors because I, I think that that's the type of player that Harrison Barnes has become. And then just to wrap it up, you look at some other interesting ones out there. You have Pau Gasol, who is turning 36 in July. I like the idea of him going to New York and re-upping with Phil Jackson there to finish up his career. Maybe give him a post-presence in there with Porzingis. You look at Joakim Noah, who the Knicks are also pursuing. I think that that would also be a great fit there. But I think that Joakim Noah would also be a good fit with the Warriors. And then you have Jeremy Lin, who has stated that he'd be willing and happy to go back to New York. Don't think that they need him there anymore. But I do think that a team that doesn't require a star point guard, but kind of more of a backup role, would benefit from having him around. So I actually think that he could go back to a team that used to have him play there before in Golden State and be successful. Luol Deng, I think, will stay in Miami, and I think that he should. He's a perfect fit at that third spot for them, and that's what they need, a support role guy there. Kind of like what Andre Iguodala has been doing for Golden State. And then for Rajon Rondo, I think that the Kings are going to keep him, but I don't think that they should. I don't think any team should sign him at this point. There are tons of better shooters out there and defenders. I think Rondo hit his peak about six years ago, and from there it was a sharp decline. 
And then the last one we'll touch on is Darren Williams. Williams had an interesting start of the season with Dallas, but again, there's a lot of skepticism with him. He needs to be in a support role, not in a starting role at this point. So I, I think he would benefit greatly from going to a team like San Antonio and backing up Tony Parker as he declines while they find a permanent solution for that point guard position. So like I said earlier, you can't predict where any of these guys are going to go. All you can do is speculate on what the best fits are for both the team and the players. It's going to be interesting to see what happens after that July 1st deadline. Again, teams can receive verbal commitments from players after July 1st. They can't sign anything until July 7th. So it'll be an interesting week or so for the NBA coming up. With that, we're going to wrap up today's episode of The Court. I want to encourage you to listen to some of the other podcasts that are housed under the Drive Podcast Network. You have The Tube, which talks about television shows with multiple contributors helping me out. Then we have The Gridiron talking about football. We have a great contributor this week coming on tomorrow. We have the Diamond, where I'm going to have another contributor helping me out on this week's episode. And then finally, you have the News Desk. That'll be on Friday, where we talk about different news issues and the perspective that the Drive Podcast Network has on them. Finally, before we check out, I want to make sure to encourage you once again to visit our website, which is live now, thedrivepodcast.net. Explore all of our content and reach out to us if you'd like. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Adam Ramirez, and this was The Court Podcast.